me money, money sweeter than honey. Money, money, this money, money, that profit will make me wallet fat. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. We're almost finishing up that sail of the second season because, ladies and gentlemen, here we are to our final episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Well, the final full half hour episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, the first half of that being Squid on Strike. First half of the 40th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants of its second season, first premiering on October 12th, 2001, and written by Walt Dorn, Paul Tibbet, and Mark O'Hare. Uh, this is, once again, just another masterclass of this really grade A SpongeBob comedy. The timing, the visual humor, the, the jokes, everything was on point at this point in SpongeBob history, and, and we're coming... Ever so closer to a time where there is a bit of a shift in in SpongeBob creatively and its direction as a show, but we don't have to get too ahead of ourselves. We're still here in the second season, and we have to get through Squid on Strike. Uh, now, the idea of striking, what is that? For, for a lot of kids, this might be a, a new thing that they've heard of, people leaving their jobs and standing outside with picket signs. Um, maybe, you know, depending on what era you grew up or where you grew around in the in the United States or in the world, you may have heard of, of strikes and, and workmen strikes and, and the idea of it. Maybe they've even talked about it in school, what, what a strike is and what does it mean and, and whatnot. There's a lot to know and a lot that I feel like people don't about striking and what's fair and unfair and what's lawful and unlawful. Uh, I actually looked up some information about strikes and whatnot because the, the one thing that got me about this episode is I, I feel like Mr. Krabs broke a lot of laws in this episode. Now, we don't understand the laws as they are set under sea. And for the times that we've been able to see how they're uh, you know, their law system works and, and the way things are, are done. There are very similarities to the way things are done above the ocean. But there, we've also seen some things that are done completely different than how we would handle things. So we can't say for sure that the way Mr. Krabs handles his business in this episode is truly unlawful. Although, according to the rules set for us here in the United States, I, I unfortunately did not look up striking for every other country around the world. But as far as, as what we have for the writers writing this episode working in the United States... Uh, Mr. Krabs is is at fault here. Um, now, the crux of this whole issue starts with Mr. Krabs doing the numbers for the Krusty Krab, going through the current month's numbers of the Krusty Krab. Uh, and according to the numbers, they have made $3 less this current month than they have the previous month, which means roughly one Krabby Patty sale, maybe. I, I, I'm not sure, but either way, he made pretty much the same amount of money, $3 less. This sends Mr. Krabs into an absolute tizzy. Of course it does, because everything we know about Mr. Krabs 
is that he is a cheap cheapskate. He loves being a penny pincher. And yeah, $3 to him probably seems like a lot, although, you know, it's it's $3. Uh, I, I have had those around me in my life who have been a bit more frugal than even I. And, uh, and I would say I've met at least two people that... $3 is a big deal, and rightfully so. Hey, you know, $3 is $3. It is what it is. But as usual, Mr. Krabs takes this, you know, slightly minor issue to to the extreme. And uh, when approaching both Squidward and SpongeBob, uh, gives them what they believe is their paychecks when it is, in fact, bills of times that he perceives them goofing off and that now they owe him money. Uh, excuses such as breathing, talking, standing, existing, lollygagging, and chewing. Uh, a few other times that were brought up was uh, a SpongeBob admitting to a, a time that he tied his shoe was very inappropriate. I guess that was worth 50 cents. He's trying to get extra money out of the guys for doing every little thing in between them doing work, and that is micromanaging to the extreme for those out there in the workforce um ev nobody likes micromanaging it rarely ever really works in the long run it's a band-aid to an overall bigger issue um, and for those that don't know the idea of micromanaging is having a manager stalk over your shoulder and basically be there as the kazooie to your banjo to comment on every little thing you're doing, whether or not it be, hey, it's good sometimes, but it's every little negative too. Uh, a, a good manager uh, instills the tools that an employee needs to be successful and lets them grow on their own organically to be successful. Now, it's at the drive of the person. If, if, if an employee doesn't want to be success, successful at their job, then micromanaging is just not going to it's not going to work. It's not going to get anybody anywhere. It's just going to be a constant negative on every employee. And yeah, you may hit whatever numbers or goals you, you might be striving for or whatever post you're trying to reach. But once again, it is a Band-Aid to an overall bigger managing issue when one has to micromanage. Um, Mr. Krabs in this situation. Uh, now, the idea of charging somebody for breathing standing, existing, chewing is absolutely crazy. Now, I can understand a boss not wanting their employees to lollygag, uh, using that term correctly. Um, I can also understand, hey, excessive talking. It, you know, hey, we've we've been there at days at work with employees where we, hey, we're just conversating and, and we're more into the conversation and the person than we are at the work. That's you know, hey, that's and that's everyday life. That's that's just a human condition. We're interested in other people sometimes more than the stuff we don't want to do. Totally fine. To try to find your employee for doing it is crazy. That alone is already something that Mr. Krabs is wrong for. But also, it is something that is well within a worker's right to strike for. And I think Squidward knows this because he, of course, when given this bill is immediately, you know, I, I'm not going to pay you a red penny, not a single cent I'm going to pay you for any of this. SpongeBob, on the other hand, not, not only admits before this that uh, when he goes to reach out what he thinks might be a paycheck, 
SpongeBob fully admits that he's willing to work for Mr. Krabs completely for free. I don't understand why at, at hearing that Mr. Krabs doesn't divert course on this situation. Like he just is hearing that his star employee wants to work for free for the passion of being a fry cook. And he still goes forward with the bill. Uh, he, he gets money out of out of SpongeBob. $20 and 50 cents to be exact uh the 50 cents also for the for the time that he was tying his shoe uh I, that wasn't even on on the list like he added that he gave that extra to Mr. Krabs here's some extra money on top of everything I'm giving you 20 bucks that's well more than the $3 he was missing from the previous month and of course everybody wants the next month to be more money than the last month but uh, a a negative 3 bucks for the amount of money they probably already rake in on a daily basis. Although I shouldn't assume that because although the Krusty Krab is a fairly popular restaurant, we have seen plenty of episodes since the beginning of this show where there just are stretches of time where it feels like no one in Bikini Bottom wants to eat at the Krusty Krab. It's incredibly weird. There's moments that it's the most, if the Krusty Krab closes the entire infrastructure of Bikini Bottom just crumbles beneath us. Without the Krabby Patty, a post-apocalyptic world will ensue underwater. But there's days where no, like nobody wants the Krabby Patty. Nobody wants a, the, to eat at the Krusty Krab. It's it's incredible the way that this this ecosystem works below the water. But during his uh, tirade to Mr. Krabs, Squidward successfully convinces SpongeBob that he wants to go on strike. Uh, that he loves his job, and therefore, uh, because he wants to preserve his job, he'll have to make it more fair. Therefore, he has to go on strike. Now, SpongeBob is really stoked to go on strike, but he has no idea what going on strike means. And and honestly, I think a lot of people really in SpongeBob's position would feel that way. Like, it would feel exciting, but it might not... They might not know what that entails. Uh, now, once Mr. Krabs gets wind of the fact that they're going to go on strike and demand uh, his respect and to be treated fair, uh, Squidward and SpongeBob find themselves on the outskirts of the Krusty Krab, now fired employees. And boom, right there. Ding, ding, ding. That is the problem. Uh, the fact that Squidward and SpongeBob were going to be going on strike uh, against unfair wages low wages. They were in a lawful strike. They were protected employees. They could not be fired in that situation. They would be allowed to go on strike, but their job would be protected in the interim. Now, Mr. Krabs would still be lawful in hiring other people to replace their positions in the meantime. So when he hires the teenagers in this episode to replace Squidward and SpongeBob, that he's well within his right. But uh, the fact that he fired both both of these guys was completely wrong. Once again, we don't know the laws of the undersea, but uh, I, I feel like there's got to be something there. There's there's lawyers underwater. I feel like you just can't fire your employees for for striking because you were charging them for existing. Uh, I think that would be a pretty slam dunk court case, if you ask me, which uh, doesn't explain Squidward's dread later on in this episode. I feel like he goes a little bit too far with this, but we go through a lot of the basic kind of concepts and ideas of what striking is about. Squidward is here to teach SpongeBob everything that he knows about striking, which includes letting the public know 
what is going on inside this establishment? Uh, and, and step one of that, letting the public know, is making signs. Any protest needs signs. You need to tell people why you're choosing to stand stoic and and be loud about it. Um, the bigger the signs, the more you can get the message out, the better, because then eventually more people join your protest. Uh, of course, throughout this entire exchange, every time Squidward is trying to take this seriously, which I got to say, from from an adult point of view, I do think that Squidward has the right frame of mind throughout this entire situation. I think he, he is rightfully angry to be upset about the bills. He is right to go on strike. And even all of the ways he goes about going on strike, the picket signs, putting Krusty Krab unfair on it, and even his passionate speech to the citizens of Bikini Bottom, it's its all on point. Now, I, I do think that be, he does win in a way because of this. Uh, Squidward does get to shine in, in a sense, and we'll, we'll get to that. But, of course, with every corner that Squidward is at with striking, SpongeBob has to turn it in a completely different direction. Uh, when the sign is supposed to say Krusty Krab unfair, SpongeBob says Krusty Krab funfair, which then attracts all of the citizens into the Krusty Krab. Uh, after Squidward's impassionate speech, uh, the Krusty Krab is brought up as a place to, to snack on because everyone is hungry after hearing it. Everybody runs into the Krusty Krab. Each and every time this happens, Squidward gets trampled on, he gets flattened, and it's kind of ironic that at every single point that we see their strike going forward, all it does is attract more business to the Krusty Krab. It has the opposite effect. And Mr. Krabs hires teenagers in the meantime, uh, which we find out through a nice exchange where uh, this young kid is apparently a fan of SpongeBob's and knows him as a fry cook legend. Now, we know how good SpongeBob is, but we never really know outside of Bikini Bottom how many people know of, of his adventures and exploits as a fry cook. I mean, he uh, he went up against Neptune, uh, everybody had to have seen that in the ocean. That was a massive crowd. So he, he won against Neptune in that battle. Uh, and then there's the uh, the fry cook games, uh, of course. It, we, I, now, he may have tied with Patrick, but he still had an impressive showing at the fry cook game. So through a few events, uh, it's understanding why SpongeBob would be considered a fry cook legend. And it's great to see a fan. He has SpongeBob sign his spatula and uh, and then gives him the news that he's there to take his job. Uh, Mr. Krabs, at some point after we get all of the teenagers hired, uh, gloats basically about the fact that, wow, you guys you guys are out here picketing and making all this noise. And all it's doing is attracting more business into my restaurant, and I don't need you because I already replaced you. Uh, and Mr. Krabs is, you know, like, you can understand why SpongeBob and Squidward might feel a little defeated in this moment because uh, everything that they're working towards, yeah, like, it, it's having an opposite effect here. No one is really listening to them in town. They heard Squidward's impassioned speech, but they really didn't and then just went to the Krusty Krab anyway, so they're not going to listen to Squidward. And everything SpongeBob tries just attracts more people to the restaurant anyway. Uh, now, throughout this um, process of striking, SpongeBob has gone from incredibly sad from losing his job at the Krusty Krab to the opposite of fully getting behind Squidward's striking techniques and, and really getting behind the message that the Krusty Krab needs to be dismantled. 
and and that its oppression needs to be taken away from the top. The tyranny of Mr. Krabs needs to not exist anymore. Uh, now, of course, when Mr. Krabs comes out to gloat, Squidward rightfully feels defeated, but SpongeBob is not ready to, to say no and ready to back down. He gives his own bit of impassioned speech to Mr. Krabs in which he gives the idea that Squidward and SpongeBob may be striking here forever, which sends Squidward into this whole like PTSD flash forward into this idea that they would be striking together forever and, and be stuck as old people in front of the Krusty Krab and Squidward just having to deal with SpongeBob for the rest of his life. Uh, because of this, there's no way Squidward can sleep. He's he's just having too much to think about uh, in terms of, of SpongeBob uh, and, and having to strike with him. Now, this is the moment where I think Squidward goes off the rails like, buddy, you don't have to strike with SpongeBob for the rest of your life. Could you at least talk to a lawyer? Do, do there Are there not lawyers in Bikini Bottom at this moment? I'm not sure. But uh, as much as he is freaking out over the prospect of striking with SpongeBob forever, it seems that Mr. Krabs has not been having as good of a time as we were led on to believe. At this moment, he shows up to Squidward's door at the same time that Squidward is leaving to basically beg Mr. Krabs for his job back. But once he sees that Mr. Krabs is instead doing the begging because he just can't take the teenagers and they're somehow ruining his restaurant. We don't really see as to the extent to how, but they're just probably not doing a good of a job as SpongeBob and Squidward. That's all I have to assume. Uh, he is begging for Squidward and SpongeBob. Squidward, the ball is in his court and he knows this and, and brings up that they're going to have a bit of negotiations as far as their plans moving forward. Mr. Krabs knows that his wallet is going to hurt in this long run, but it's really nice to see that he, he puts so much value in these two employees. Of course, SpongeBob is is just almost irreplaceable for how quick he is as a fry cook. Now, Squidward, nothing against him. I, I do think there's got to be somebody out there in Bikini Bottom that are that would be a better uh, a salesperson, cashier than Squidward would be. But he's been a staple at the Krusty Krab for years. He has loyalty. He's threatened to leave on so many occasions, but he's still here. So uh, I, why not? I can, I can understand why Mr. Krabs would, would value these guys as much as he does. And it's really nice to see so, that... Even in an episode where we see Mr. Krabs at his financial, moral worst, in the end, he still has heart and is honest with himself and, and you know, says the right things. So here he is groveling for, for them to come back, and Squidward knows I, we're going to need to take care of this. Now, during this exact moment, SpongeBob getting even more pumped up about striking with Squidward. We get this really funny pose of SpongeBob sitting in bed in his underwear with his shoes still on in a bit of a seductive pose, uh, but but gleefully listening to the song Hey Mean Mr. Boss Man, which is a bit of a play on take this job and shove it. Uh, and he's got his picket signs behind him. It's it's one of my fun, it's one of my favorite just like still images of of SpongeBob. I, it's so funny. Whoever drew that, uh, kudos to them. Uh, you know what? We might as well just give we might as well give credit where credits due here. Uh, the storyboard artists Carson Kogler, William Reese, Eric Weiss. Uh, th those are two different last names, uh, Reese and Weiss. Uh, uh, the storyboard directors, Walt Dorn and Paul Tibbet. The animation director, Tom Yasumi. And the creative director, Derek Dryman. 
SpongeBob in this moment getting so amped up over striking starts to take a lot of the philosophy and the wordplay that Squidward was using to to show the citizens a bikini bottom on on Mr. Krabs' oppression, just using big fancy words, uh, but but just using this terminology that would also take like physical harm. We have to you know strike at the boards. We have to gnaw at the post. We have to saw the tables of oppression in half, all things like this. SpongeBob decides to take this to the extreme, show up to the Krusty Krab, and just dismantle it board by board. Take Mr. Krabs's oppression over Bikini Bottom, and the employees of the of the Krusty Krab just take it all away. He destroys the Krusty Krab in this in this wonderful little sequence we get. Uh, we get a sh- morning shot of Squidward and Mr. Krabs taking a very nice stroll to work. And seemingly everything not only worked out in Squidward's and SpongeBob's favor, Mr. Krabs seems very satisfied about it. So, hey, if everything can work out and it's a win-win situation and everyone's happy, well, that's kind of the best case scenario. Although Mr. Krabs doesn't notice what lies ahead of him, which is pretty much a non-existent crusty crab, SpongeBob is pretty much left... Uh, the floor, kind of, or at least most of the floor, you can tell the framing of the Krusty Krab, but the entire just top is gone. It's just like the Alaskan bullworm just came in out of nowhere and just, oop, that, no more Krusty Krab. Uh, we go through this funny sequence of Mr. Krabs basically going through his normal routine of opening the door, even though there is no door, going to his office, sitting down at his desk, and then finally opening his eyes to reveal that Squidward and SpongeBob are standing at the edge of the uh, the walkway there over to where they were walking. Squidward noticed the destruction right, right away, stopped in his tracks, and SpongeBob just joined up right next to him, like super excited to show Squidward all of the work that he did over the course of the evening. Uh, Mr. Krabs, once he notices that the Krusty Krab just doesn't exist anymore, uh, falls apart in pieces, yells out that SpongeBob and Squidward are going to be working for him forever to pay off the damage that they cause. Although it's not really fair to pin Squidward on any of this since it was SpongeBob's doing. Although I guess one could possibly make the argument that since Squidward put all of that, uh, uh, just all the wrong messages in SpongeBob's head, or at least like not knowing that SpongeBob would take things the way he does and does these kind of things, uh, Squidward should take a little bit of the fault here. But either way, both of them are now going to be stuck work- working for the Krusty Krab forever. Uh, SpongeBob is excited about this. Hey, this is what he wanted the entire time. So as far as SpongeBob is concerned, whatever he did the night before was the right thing to do. And then we get a final shot of uh, skeletons of Squidward and SpongeBob still working in a very dusty and dirty Krusty Krab. And that, ladies and gentlemen is squid on strike uh look regardless on bringing in like real world strike laws into play this is still an extremely funny episode it shows off a level of humor that is just consistent throughout this entire run of spongebob squarepants at this time it's hard to really you know find much wrong when every single episode is bit of a home run you know might maybe not all of them to your extent but hey it's it's really hard to find a lot wrong in these these first early seasons this is when they're still finding their footing as as a show you know where can we push these boundaries of comedy and character development there this is still ongoing you know things things got to build up to to get to even even some of your favorite episodes down the line so 
Uh, this this is still one of those ones that are up there for me. It has a lot of funny gags, a lot of funny one-liners, just those little moments where I think uh, since that spirit from Rocco's Modern Life still lives on in this show at this moment, they, they're able to just take their time and, and let jokes be funny and you know, let things just kind of to sit still for a second. Uh, you know, that's why a lot of uh, uh, comedy sitcoms least the ones in front of a live audience will the way that the writing is will let sometimes when those one-liners drop there'll be that pause where you know nobody in a natural conversation would ever pause like that but they have to it's kind of like that in these terms you got to just let sometimes these moments lie for a second in a smart way and I think this episode shows it off in, in a various amount of ways to let both visual and written jokes shine in the best way possible. Uh, so that is this week for the Squarecast. As usual, my name is Captain Eric. Thank you for coming aboard, and welcome to the Ready Crew if this is your first time listening. Uh, for those who haven't checked out our YouTube page, things are still ongoing. Things are moving on up there, uh, and things are going to be chugging along through the next few months. So Check out our channel on YouTube. Any of that information, as always, will be in the podcast description, any of the links that are important. Uh, if you find any of the content I make, any of the podcast videos uh, to your liking, please share them around, like them, uh, subscribe. Any way that you can support what I do is very appreciated on my end, and I thank you. So this is Captain Eric signing off. Until next week, mateys, stay safe. And me and Squidward are gonna stay on strike until we get what we deserve, even if it takes forever! 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 On strike with SpongeBob forever? Hey, Squidward, I bet old man Krabs is gonna break any day. Hey, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. I'm ready! Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.